We're in that part of the summer where things are getting a little more quiet on the Grizzlies side. But recently, we've caught up with Desmond Bain, David Roddy, and Jaron Jackson Jr. So we got to talk about all the recent updates that those players have given us for the summer. Coming up right here on Locked On Grizzlies. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. everyone and welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies. I am your host today, DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal right here in Memphis, Tennessee. Going solo, Joe Monday is getting a well-deserved day off. And want to thank you all for tuning in to Locked on Grizzlies today. Make sure you continue to find us each and everywhere. Uh, wherever you like to tune in to your podcast, wherever you like to listen, wherever you like to watch, Locked on Grizzlies is there. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. You can find Locked On Grizzlies everywhere, just like the air. Thank you for tuning in on today. And as I alluded to in our opening, uh, we've caught up with a few Grizzlies players in recent days. And now I have a lot of just updates in terms of Desmond Bain, in terms of Jaron Jackson Jr., in terms of David Roddy, and just what's been going on uh, with the Grizzlies of late. We start off with Desmond Bain. Uh, that's where we're going to start off in our first segment. We'll talk Jaron Jackson Jr. And we're going to talk a little Santi Aldama too, because instead of just talking about what those players have been up to as of late, we're going to talk about FIBA and their usage uh, potentially in those tournaments. Uh, Zach Kleiman had some real interesting comments to say about that. We'll get to that later. And then we'll talk about David Roddy's uh, summer work. I caught up with him yesterday at the Shelby County Pro-Am and uh, we had a good talk. So we'll talk about that as well. But, Desmond Bain, I think, is the most noteworthy thing to start off here because we got a health update. We got a health update on Desmond Bain. And again, there were never, there, there was never a point where I would say it wholeheartedly felt like uh this toe injury, you know, when he when he got the procedure done at the at the uh start of the offseason and whatnot, it never felt like uh Desmond Bain could miss the beginning of this upcoming season. But as things kind of lingered on, uh, I started to wonder, like, would he be there for the beginning of preseason? Is he going to be able to have, you know, a regular preseason going into the NBA season? And I think we got our answer on that yesterday. And the answer is yes. Uh, Desmond Bain, talking to him, he basically said that he's doing everything but five on five at this point, which is a great sign because it's the beginning of August, which means, you know, He'll be doing five on five, I'm sure, before this month ends, which will put him in line because the Grizzlies uh, aren't going to return to practice until the beginning of October. So uh, he has basically two months until the season starts, and, and Desmond Bain feels fine. Now, the reason this is noteworthy, because if you remember, when we were talking about Team USA a couple weeks ago, we did a show, and Desmond Bain couldn't play for Team USA this year because of the toe injury and, and the procedure. And where my mind immediately went at that time was Team USA's games don't really start until August 25th, first official game. Of course, they have all the tune-ups and whatnot. But August 25th through September 10th, it's like, uh, 
they don't think he'll be healthy enough for that. I mean, that's two, three weeks before preseason practice opens. But all signs are pointing towards Desmond Bain being healthy. And we asked them some pretty interesting stuff because you remember at this point last year, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. was getting healthier. But, of course, his injury was a little bit different. It was a stress fracture injury, which I've said in the past, uh, a lot of those stress fracture injuries can be caused from overusage. So even though Jaron was physically feeling okay, uh, they had the Grizzlies, that is. The Grizzlies had to take their time a little bit more because that's a sensitive injury if you want to just go off the history of how those stress fractures work. But in the case of Desmond Bain, what he can learn from Jaron Jackson Jr. is how Jaron uh, used that situation. So, uh, yeah, my foot is hurting pretty bad, but he was able to focus more, you know, on his upper body and things like that and still had a productive offseason. And Desmond Bain was talking talk to him. For one, he looks like he slimmed up a little bit, and, and he said to himself, he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm trying to slim up a little bit, not too much, and we'll get to why in a second. But Desmond Bain has slimmed up a little bit as well. And uh, he said that a focus for him this summer has been his body, which is important because you remember last last season, well, before this past season, a couple seasons ago, uh, Desmond Bain ended the year. He had the back problems. He said it was a big priority for him to come back and, you know, be better prepared to play for the long haul, to play 82 regular season games and all that. And then the toe injury happened. It was the first major injury in Desmond Bain's career. I think he never missed a game at TCU. And then with the Grizzlies, he's never really missed real time. I think he was in health and safety protocols uh, a couple years ago when uh, the pandemic was at its height. But overall, uh, Desmond Bain has been pretty healthy throughout his NBA career, but he's found ways to kind of maneuver through this situation, focusing on his body when he wasn't able to do much basketball activity. But that's over now. Uh, Des is doing a lot of basketball activity, and he has an understanding of his role because earlier I mentioned, I mentioned that Desmond Bain is slimming up a little bit. And when you hear that, say, okay, Desmond Bain slimming up a little bit. Why? Well, for one, uh, he, he looks like just from what I say, he's just, just toning some things out. It's, it's, it's not any major difference. Like he still is going to be knocking dudes out of the way when he's driving to the rim because he still has those big broad shoulders and whatnot. But uh, I think Desmond Bain just being, you know, in, in top tier shape is going to be is going to bowl well for the Grizzlies from the standpoint of he's going to play a lot of minutes probably at the one. He's going to play a lot of minutes at the two for sure. But I've said in the past, Desmond Bain in certain lineups. Remember, we'll talk more about it later. You know, the Luke Kennard question: Does he start? Uh, does Jake Laravia start? Does Zaire Williams? Does David Roddy? Whoever the case may be. But if you start Luke Kennard you may slide him to the two. And then you would put Desmond Bain at the three because physically he's better equipped to handle those bigger matchups when you play against those teams uh, that have, you know, more natural size, small fours, guys who are 6'6 six, six and up and, and have, you know, a, a decent, decent size, 210, 220 pounds or more. Desmond Bain is better equipped to defend those guys uh, than Luke Kennard at this point. So I expect him to be a guy who's going to play you know, some minutes at small four and asking him about that. He said basically that he's always been a player 
who's willing to play any position. And I mean, if you watch Desmond Bain play at this point, you've seen him at point guard, you've seen him at shoot guard, see him at small forward, and so forth. So uh, it's no surprise that he's willing to take on a, you know that type of role in a bigger role. But also, there's this selflessness to Desmond Bain that I think, you know, we'll talk more about it as the offseason goes on. But when Ja's out, everyone's, you know, even me, I've talked a little bit about how it can it can be a real big time for Jaron Jackson Jr. to solidify himself as one of the power forwards in the NBA. Not, not just, you know, oh, yeah, Jaron's top 10, but he's a top, he's one of the top defenders, but offensively, no. This is the time for Jaron Jackson to solidify himself in that conversation with the elite of the elite power forwards. Guess what? I'm not going to say it's Desmond Bain can solidify himself in the elite conversation, but Desmond Bain can solidify his mark as one uh, as basically one of the top shooting guards in the NBA. I think this is a great t- chance for him to do that. When you look at Desmond Bain uh, and when he got his contract, you remember, a lot of you may not be on social media like that or or whatnot, but when, when Bain got his contract extension, it was kind of some mixed opinions, you know, just from even, you know, from the analyst side. Uh, some people were surprised. It, I had talked on this show previously about Desmond Bain potentially getting the max, but some people were surprised at that. Now this is his chance to show them, like, hey, yeah. I deserve this. I think he's going to have a bigger role on the ball. He's going to have a bigger role off the ball. That selflessness that I mentioned, and what am I referencing? Because I talked to him, and we were asking him about the bigger role. Like, for example, Tyus Jones in the past, when John Morant goes down, when other players goes down, Tyus Jones will straight up say, uh, yeah, since Jai isn't playing or since Dylan or Dez isn't playing, I have to shoot the ball more. Desmond Bain is not the type of guy that's really going to say something like that. Desmond Bain says we all need to step up. We all have to play better while Jaws out and things like that. So uh, I, I see his scoring numbers will go up, but I think his assist numbers will as well. And I look forward to watching Desmond Bain kind of operate in that type of role uh, for the Grizzlies early in that first uh, 25 games or so uh, this upcoming season. Because you remember Desmond Bain, when he got hurt, yeah, he finished the season averaging 21-5-4 and four and all that was fine and dandy. Desmond Bain was averaging 25 before the toe injury. A lot of people don't remember that, but, you know, comes with the territory. Uh, Desmond Bain did say that he's going to be watching Team USA really closely, and he probably would have suited up for Team USA if health had allowed him to. Speaking of Team USA and speaking of health, we got to talk about FIBA usage. Is there any concern with Jaron Jackson Jr. and Santi Aldama going into FIBA? We'll talk about that next but before we get to that i gotta talk to you about ibotta because look it's officially the summer and you know what that means new season new clothes you know you got your shorts on it, it it's been hot if you're in memphis lately we had a heat advisory yesterday thank goodness for the rain today to cool it back down but it's gonna get right back hot out here but look your closet shouldn't be the only thing growing when you make these purchases all you have to do is get you can get all you have to do is get Ibotta, and you can get cash back with each purchase. What is that? That, that doesn't sound like it makes sense, does it? No, it does make sense. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds. If it's clothes, or it can be grocery items. You can get cash back on hundreds of grocery items. I'm talking about produce, the personal care, pantry goods, whatever. No matter what you're purchasing, 
Ibotta can give you cash back. All you got to do right now, head over to Ibotta because Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 off just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCK. That's L-O-C-K-E-D when you register. Again, register Ibotta and you can get $5 just for trying it out. Where can you find Ibotta? Well, just go to the App Store or you can go over to Google Play Store right now. Download the free Ibotta app. Ibotta is I-B-O-T-T-A. Go download the app. Use the code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and that's Ibotta. It's in the Google Play Store or it's in the Apple Store. Go get it right now. Let me know what you think after you get it. Coming up on Locked On Grizzlies, we got to talk about FIBA. We got to talk about Jaron Jackson Jr. and Santi Aldama. Stay tuned for that. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies, everyone. I am your host, DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal in Memphis, Tennessee. And we're talking uh, Grizzlies in the summer right now, right? Because usually there isn't too much going on in the summer, especially when you get to August. But lately with the Grizzlies, had a chance to catch up with a lot of the players in recent days. And one of those is Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, at his camp, we already talked about that pretty much. But here's another thing. Uh, I recently wrote, if you want to go check out the story on commercialappeal.com, I wrote about how the Grizzlies are preparing uh, Santi Aldama and Jaron Jackson Jr. For, or how they are prepping for what's to come in terms of those guys being involved in FIBA. If you're familiar with NBA teams, you pretty much know that NBA teams – are very involved in what these guys do away from uh, team facilities in terms of basketball. What I mean by that is when you see these guys go play in pro-ams, when you see these guys uh, go play pickup basketball anywhere, and all these things, a lot of it has to be approved you know, by the Grizzlies and, 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 and cleared kind of on all of those fronts. Because that can be there can be some breaches of contracts and things like that. If a guy goes and plays pickup basketball with his friends at, at the local park and gets hurt or something like that. But getting back to FIBA, a lot of people, you know, I've seen, of course, you, you love to see your, your players, and especially in the Grizzlies case, this is going to be such a big opportunity for you know the national stage to get their eyes on Jaron Jackson Jr. And then Santi, it's just him going to his third season. It's a big developmental you know, opportunity. So this is big for Jaron Jackson and Jaron Jackson Jr. and Santi Aldama. But some people will say, is the risk worth it? Remember, we were just talking about Jaron Jackson Jr. and overusage uh, kind of contributing to that stress fracture injury, possibly. Uh, that's a big reason for a lot of stress fracture injuries. We'll say that. But basically, those type of situations do exist. But Jaron, Santi, both have been very healthy on the court, but the Grizzlies have no concerns on that front, have no concerns. But what they will do is the Grizzlies are sending personnel out there where Santi is, you know, as he preps uh, for the FIBA World Cup with Spain. The Grizzlies sent personnel out there with Jaron as he preps as well. And they're kind of going to monitor the situation. What I mean by monitor the situation, it's not about, you know, protecting guys from injuries and things like that. It's more from a usage perspective. You know, I don't think there's an NBA team that wants – uh, their guys playing 35 of the 40, 40 minutes or so in FIBA action. Uh, you don't want your guys playing uh, that much. But at the same time, you want your guys to, you know, go go get better. Go get a lot of playing time on the floor. Uh, Zach Kleiman had, you know, some interesting good comments to say. His, his is what he said. He said, they, as in USA and Spain, 
are more than open to us sending people out to keep things on the right track, both in terms of body and game. Again, uh, sending Grizzlies personnel out there uh, to check to make sure, you know, body wise, Jaron Jackson Jr., Santi Aldama, medically, everything's going fine. And then, of course, game. But then he also uh, added uh, later on, he said, U.S. and Spain have been awesome to work with. Uh, no concerns. We're excited to see both of these guys, both of those guys compete on the international stage. So the Grizzlies don't have any concern there. No, no, should they? If you, uh, a lot of players uh, knocking on wood, it, there aren't too many situations where, you know, players go to FIBA World Cup and things like that, and it becomes a detriment to the NBA season. It's from, you know, what we know, it's actually been very beneficial to the development, especially the World Cup. If you go back to the World Cup in, I think, 2010, 2014, uh, you go to those years, you will see uh, that the World Cup really served as like a launching pad uh, for the careers of guys like Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, uh, Derrick Rose. The list really goes on. Uh, it's a huge opportunity. It's going to be a great opportunity for Jaron Jackson Jr. playing on Team USA because he's going to get a lot of minutes. Uh, he's going to probably be the starting center over there because they're not going to play him at power forward as much. Uh, probably matchup depending. And then it's going to be great for Santi as well. Santi's playing on a deep Spain team, so not sure what his exact role will be. Maybe he gets starter time. Uh, maybe he comes off the bench and just plays a prominent role off the bench. But either way it goes, bottom line is the Grizzlies don't have uh, too much concern there with Jaren, with Santi. It's, it's, it's just going to be a great opportunity. And personally, I'm looking forward to seeing those guys face off. I actually talked to Dez about that as well. We were asking Dez, you know, who do you think is going to win that matchup? You know, I asked him, like, you've seen it in practice, but, you know, it's. I feel like Santi has the home court advantage in a way in international competition, even though I know Jaron Jackson Jr. has been involved in Team USA basketball since he was 15 years old. He's a Team USA, you know, him – playing his first year on the big, I guess, the big Team USA team. This is nothing new to him. He's played with Team USA. He was on the select team. He played on the the under, I think, under under 19, under 18, under 16. He's played on a lot of these Team USA teams. Uh, but with, that, with all that being said, Santi uh, has the Spaniard background. In, and, you know, if you watch how a lot of international basketball has been played, a lot of it traces back to the EuroLeague in Spain and what goes on over there. So, Excited to see how that plays out. Uh, Dez wouldn't, you know, tilt his hand in either direction. He basically said he, he can't wait to watch it because it's been a while since he's been able to watch some good basketball. And then he said, hey, he's, he hopes Team USA wins. So we'll see what happens on that front uh, with Team USA, with, with Santi, with Jaron Jackson Jr. But a lot of exciting times ahead as those guys recently started camp. I know Team USA opened up camp, I believe, on Thursday. Spain is already uh, – all their players are out there as well, practicing, getting ready. And in a week or so, I think it's August 15th is the day, we'll have a Spain versus Team USA exhibition game. Uh, I'm not sure if both guys will, will play because I know for you, Team USA, that'll be the second game. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be a back-to-back. It'll be the second game and the second day. So we'll see you know, who exactly plays, who's available and whatnot. I'm sure Team USA will do some lineup movement things and all that. But I want to see Santi versus Jaren. I, I think it'll, it'll, it'll make for good TV, uh, not just uh, for them, but for us. 
in the Grizzlies world over here. But that's enough on those guys. I caught up with David Roddy at the Pro-Am. Uh, let's talk about that coming up after the break. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies, everyone. I'm your host, DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal here. Going solo today, I decided to wear my green shirt today because I've, I've never seen Joe wear green. So I, I, I couldn't wear this shirt on a, a, a duo episode. We're trying to get our colors a little bit more in sync uh, here of late. So I, I went with green today because I've never seen him wear green. So I could I could, I could pull the green out uh, while Joe isn't around. But uh, I went to Memphis Pro-Am. Uh, Shelby County Pro-Am League has uh, been fun to watch this year. Uh, a lot of pros have come through there. And if you think about Memphis, I think we've seen Antonis Cleveland uh, prep that Overton at a point, but he uh, played for the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA. He was out there recently. Cameron Payne, a former Phoenix Sun, now uh, with the San Antonio Spurs. And after a recent trade, he played a few weeks ago. Kennedy Chandler, as I mentioned before, uh, played played last week. And then, finally, a Memphis Grizzlies popped up. So, uh, talking today, right? What made you come out to the program? Well, it's that oh, he saw he saw a campaign. He saw Kennedy Chandler come. So okay, so the NBA guys are playing over here. Well, let me go get some action in. Uh, the gym was was pretty pretty excited to see David Roddy get on the court. You know, you got the on the court the competitors, the guys who want to go at the NBA guy, but off the floor, it, it, it was a great scene at the Orange Mound Community Center. Uh, just talking to Dave Roddy, I think he finished with 19 points in a game, threw down some big dunks, uh, got one off one. Uh, Will Douglas used to go to SMU, uh, threw the ball off the backboard, and David Roddy came behind him and tomahawked it. And people were like, yeah, that's that's why he's in the NBA. But uh, just David Roddy, just in terms of his development and his stage, we're talking a lot about that. Saw him in the Pro-Am because – one thing about pro-ams is you'll see NBA players when they play do a lot of things that if you go back to previous regular season, especially the younger guys, and more so with big men, uh, big men in the NBA than anything like centers and power forwards. But you see those guys do a lot of things that either they're not allowed to do in the NBA or they just don't do. So I was trying to watch for what was David Roddy going to show that we really haven't gotten a chance to see yet, because in some cases it can be a, it can be an indicator of you know what a player could potentially be. Like you put it out in the pro am, okay, this could come in the future. We've seen it in terms of you know big men. Like I remember seeing Carl Anthony Towns, you know, shoot a bunch of threes before he got to the NBA and and in you know turn pro am games and things like that. And uh, I think recently one that's been kind of going viral is Mitchell Robinson, you know, him doing all the dribble moves and and shooting, you know, in the summer offseason sessions and then uh, not using it in the NBA. But David Roddy, for one, he he had the ball. Uh, I, I mean, he had a tight, quick dribble that he was using to try to get past guys. And that was something that I've known him to have. If you watch David Roddy with the Grizzlies, you're going to see a lot of, you know, one dribble, get to the rim, quick decisions. Now, the Grizzlies do try to do the point five uh, style of basketball. If you're not familiar with the point five system, this is kind of something that, you know, the, the Spurs uh, really emphasize uh, during their glory years. I know Monty Williams is another coach when he was in Phoenix. Uh, he would talk a lot about point five basketball, even before he was in Phoenix. He was coaching else, other places as well. Point five basketball was a big emphasis 
uh, to him as well. And we've heard Taylor Jenkins and John Morant say the Grizzlies like to play 0.5 basketball. It's basically uh, making a pass within 1.5 seconds, making a decision within 1.5 seconds, not 1.5, 0.5 seconds of getting the basketball. So quick decisions because, as coaches like to say, the ball moves faster than the defense. Uh, so David Roddy in the program, he didn't have to play 0.5 basketball. He could play 0.10. He could play 10 seconds. He could play five seconds. So he dribbled around, you know, did some isolation stuff, and there were some mixed results. A couple times he drove to the rim, lost the ball. He got called for a couple travels and things like that. It's just he was in situations that you don't see with the Grizzlies. But he also made some nice passes, flashed a, a no-look pass he pulled off in transition after going behind the back uh, when a defender tried to reach for the ball. Uh, he was pushing the ball in tempo, with push, pushing the ball in transition, which I think is huge because if you watch Desmond Bain this past year, one of the biggest areas of growth was him was he pushed the ball in transition this year and really put himself in position uh, to have a lot of success. So the Grizzlies, no matter who gets the board, if it's one of those guys who can push it, and you've seen it with Zaire Williams, we've seen it with Des, we've seen it with John Conchar, uh, they will let you push the ball if it results in quick, easy points. Seems like David Roddy is someone who can get comfortable, more comfortable in that role based off what I saw. Uh, we've seen, we've talked about even before the regular season game start last summer, uh, the way he ran the floor stood out to me. Uh, David Roddy runs the floor very well, and uh, the way he ran the floor automatically stood out. But now running the floor with the ball with the ball in your hands is, is a whole nother level. That's something that Desmond Bain has kind of really grown, and, and that's kind of taken him from a 16, 17, 18-point-per-game type guy so a guy who now I firmly believe can average 20 points per game every season for the foreseeable future. So David Roddy, what I got is there's so there's more potential because I've said this between Jake LaRavia and David Roddy, two first round picks, Grizzlies drafted Jake LaRavia first, then they drafted David Roddy uh, with the trade uh, that resulted in DeAnthony Melton being shipped uh, to the Philadelphia 76ers. The thing about David Roddy that we saw is a lot of spot-up shooting, again, one dribble. So to me, he looks like the safer prospect in terms of you know what he's going to be in terms of him and Jake LaRavia. But we've seen Jake LaRavia put the ball on the floor more. The things that I was alluding to, uh, David Roddy doing more in that setting, in the pro-am setting, we've seen Jake LaRavia do a little bit more of that in you know the NBA or in the summer league and things like that. So David Roddy, he, he showed like a he I think he made a fadeaway, uh mid-range fadeaway. He took a couple of them, which showed he's comfortable with it. And if you watch David Roddy's college highlights, uh that was actually a shot that he took a decent amount. So we haven't seen that much at the league level yet. But it's just to say that don't sleep on big body Roddy. Don't sleep on him. Because from what I saw, there is there's there's more potential there. And he, maybe it doesn't, it maybe it doesn't come out this year. But there is more creation potential from the standpoint of getting downhill and getting to the basket and, uh, you know, scoring from different angles, adding a fadeaway shot and things like that. There's some potential with David Roddy there. We'll see what happens. But appreciate you guys for tuning in Unlocked on Grizzlies today. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Me and Joe Monac should be back the tandem as the tandem as well. So we'll get back to you then. And just stay tuned because there are so many good things coming up. And remember, Locked on Grizzlies is free and available wherever you get your 
get your podcast. Until next time, I'm DeMichael Cole. See you on Locked on Grizzlies.